Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hello, hello, everyone. It is so good to be here with you all. I have a special guest today. I have Danae Heater with me. She was one of the beta testers. So one of the very first group that's going through the newly revised mindful dating program. Hello, Danae. Hi, how are you? I'm well, it's so good to see you again. You too. It's been a hot Um, minute. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. You've been finished for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much for agreeing to do this live interview with me. I'm super excited to have you share directly with everybody who's viewing what your experience was like. Sure. I'm happy to do it. So I would love to know just a little bit about how you got inspired to even enter the mindful dating program. Okay. So I think my sister, Jen Andrews, used to work with you at the community college that you were a teacher at. And so she had been telling me that you and I needed to connect. And so she connected us on Instagram. And so then I started following some of your posts and following and learning some of the things that you were putting out there for everybody. And so one of those things is what eventually led me to finding your post about the intensive mindful dating intensive. And it was coming at a time when I was just coming out of another like heartbreaking relationship. And so I was like, there are things wrong with me that I need to fix so that I don't keep repeating the same habit and falling for the same people, even though I something like 90% of it is amazing, but 10% of it isn't. And so I talked myself around that 10% and I wasn't willing to do that anymore. And so that's when I was like, nope, it's time. I need to do this. I need to do something to figure out me a little bit more. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, I think that it's great when you come to a place where you realize that there is something you can do to change your experience and you're ready to take action on it and get yourself a better outcome because Mm -hmm. you deserve one. And I'm curious what was dating like for you? It was a shit show. Like, I'm sorry. It was, it was a mess. And (laughs) I, um, started feeling like I was part of the problem as well, because I wouldn't put up any boundaries or have any rules in my life. And so then I would always be able to be swept up to whatever the other person wanted, whether or not I really wanted it or not. Uh, I am an intense people pleaser and I get a lot of um, gratification or some, there's things that I get out of making other people happy. And so um, it was very, very easy for me to be convinced to do things that I didn't really want to do. 
but I would do it anyways. And so I, I felt like dating was like a full-time job and I didn't have time for it to be that hard, but that's what it felt like. It felt like it needed to be a full-time job for me to even just find one person that I would be willing to go on one date with. Like it was like all consuming and I needed to put too much effort into it. And I wasn't willing to keep doing that. Wow, that sounds like it was pretty intensely negative in a, in some key ways and not very satisfying. No, not at all. So I I know you and I got together, we talked about mindful dating. What were you like skeptical about or fearful about before you jumped into the program? I don't think I was scared at all about your program at all. I was more scared about how was I going to respond to the hard things because I have a little bit of a quitter in me. And so when things get a little bit hard or a little bit emotional, I, I don't want to stick through it. it. I'm like the ostrich that just wants to stick my head into the ground and be like, no, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. And so it was, wasn't was more like worried about your program per se. It was worried about keeping myself going in the program and not be pulling my ostrich move and being like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, it's too hard. I'm too busy. You know, then you come up with all the stupid excuses that we do when we don't want to do the hard, tough things that we need to do. Well, yeah, that does totally sound familiar. I think that that's probably something that everybody who ever watches this video can um, totally relate to. And I can totally relate to it too. I, the, you know, I, everybody is pretty clear. I hired a dating coach back in 2019 and I had been following her for five years before I hired her. So wow. I did that whole stick my head in the sand, ignore this, don't deal with the problem, run away for five years. And then I finally realized, you yeah, this is not working for me. I need mm -hmm. to, I need a different approach. Um, yeah. So what, what made you decide to Jump in with both feet, despite kind of being worried you'd bail on yourself. Well, I know I have an intense fear of being alone. And I figured out that I equated to being alone to being unlovable. And so if I was alone, then it meant I was unlovable in my brain. And so that's why I was so willing to stay with people that were not good if they would tell me they loved me and, and be in my life even this much, then I could tell myself, I'm lovable, I'm lovable, I'm not an unlovable person, I'm not this, 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 and this. And so when I figured out that that was my hidden belief that I got as a child, that I needed to earn love, that I needed to perform, that I needed to do things to make people love me. And once I realized that, I was like, okay, that's some deep, intense programming that's gonna take a while for me to unravel and to change that, that I, and I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. Like I, I don't have the skills or the knowledge to fix something. I, I had enough to figure out where it was and in my body. And I, and I figured it out. It was there. And just coming to that realization was huge for me. But then in the same time, I was like, I don't know how to fix that. But that, that is one of my like root things is that I think I need to earn love. And so then it feeds into my, per my people pleasing to where I'm going to make you so happy. Then then there's no reason you couldn't love me. Why wouldn't you love me when I've done everything and more that you've ever asked for me? How could you possibly not love me when I'm this amazing, when I give you everything you want, when you ask for it, how could you not love me? And then they still wouldn't love me. Mm. Oh. Sorry, I'm back. Then it oh, was still okay. like super hurt my feelings that then they wouldn't love me. And then I couldn't fathom 
why they couldn't, why they didn't when I did everything they wanted. Sounds really painful. And it sounds like you had enough of that pain and you were ready to move on and leave all of that programming behind. Mm -hmm. So when it comes right down to it, what was the, what were like the top most helpful things in the mindful dating program that helped you let go of that and open up to some new ways of, of approaching dating? The IFS stuff was like really mind blowing because I had worked with a previous energy coach and like an energy therapist. And he had started teaching me to be able to find your emotions or you know, these parts, you know, the parts in your body where they lived. And then he had started teaching me on how to heal them and work with them and stuff like that. He was also my Reiki master. I'm really into all kinds of things, energy and everything. And so um, the IFS was really good because it gave me like a name for everything that I had been doing with him that we never really had like a name for. And so being able to do that was really good. And then even getting, um, well, that one time you and I, where when we find a part and if we will just acknowledge it and sit with it and feel it even for you know five or ten minutes then the part feels better and it goes away and then the emotions go away and then you can move on and then it's not so so difficult and I feel like then the part doesn't always like um come out to sabotage me when I am willing to give them time when I do see them so really figuring out my parts and my pieces and being able to acknowledge them and then being able to tell myself I don't I don't think this is a real emotion I think this is a part and I think you need to go look at it like there is no logical basis for what you're thinking or feeling so let's go look at your parts and pieces and see who needs some attention and spend some time there. And then I think I really also liked the, the quitting, the QYT, quit mm -hmm. your thinking, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think that was really, really helpful because I know I am by far my worst critic and my most severe, um, talk like I talk negative to myself more than anybody else but I then part of me also thinks I'm like super awesome and super wonderful and that everybody that knows me will love me once you let me talk to you you're gonna love me because everybody loves me but I felt like I wasn't loving myself like uh, I should have and so it was uh, looking, I need to make all these other people love me and be my, amazing and wonderful to them because then they'll feel the part of me that I'm not feeling for myself because I don't love myself. Oh, wow. So I want to just stop right here because this is like I hear a lot of people say, um, well, I'm not ready for the mindful dating intensive because first I'm working on loving myself. And no. what I'm hearing you say is that in mindful dating intensive is when you finally put it together to be able to love yourself. Am I hearing that right? Yes. For me, it was very integral to getting to that place, to being like, oh, I need to love myself in all of my little parts and pieces, even when they rear their head and they are like sabotaging me or torpedoing me. That's when I need to go and love on myself right then. And then those parts and pieces don't come up again, at least not right away. And then for me, it was being able to recognize and be like, no, this is just a part or a piece. This isn't real. Yeah, and then being so able to move. You were able to like get like instead of that thing taking over you, you were able to like get it a little smaller and more manageable. And once you acknowledge it, it's sort of it's happy, goes on its way. It stops hijacking, stops taking over your life. That is amazing. That is amazing. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing the IFS informed approach totally worked for you. And when it, you combined it with the quitting, the just quitting your thinking, mm-hmm. that together like really unlocked the whole like treasure trove of self-love. What other parts of the mindful dating intensive made a big difference for you? I think the um, the section when we're saying our closure letters, that one was really, really hard for me. And I didn't love it as much as I, but I knew I needed it, but I didn't love it. And it was by far probably the hardest part of the whole thing was trying to say all these closure to these people that I just, I can't understand how you could treat somebody else that loved you so much, how you could treat them the way they treated me. And then trying to say to myself that I forgive you for letting yourself, putting yourself in these positions because you didn't know any better. Like being able to tell myself, like, I recognize that you've done this to me. Like we did this, but we're not going to do this anymore because now we know better. Now we know things to look for. And so that was probably the section that I feel like haunted me the most was me trying to do that was by far the hardest one. Um, And then like, I mean, I even wrote like a closure letter to my mom and my dad, because I feel like they, they programmed me to be a people pleaser and to take care of people above myself. And I feel like that was a disservice that they did to me. I don't think they did it on purpose, but I still think they programmed me to be an intense people pleaser and to feel like I have to earn love. And um, I was I was really sad that they did that to me and yeah, that I yeah. wanted to let that go and not let that be Whew. like one of part of my core identity anymore is that I have to take care of people. And if I take care of people, they'll love me. But I've done that and they didn't love me and it, it didn't work. So it's like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. That's beautiful. And so I want to be really clear when you have this closure letter and you write a closure letter to your parents, there's no expectation that you're never going to talk to your parents, right? You know, well, my parents are dead. So for uh, me, it was oh, all a spiritual okay. thing. For all me, it was spiritual. all a spiritual gotcha. thing. You and know? did you feel that closure? Like I can put this behind me now. I can this isn't going to be how I I don't go forward with this voice in my head anymore. Yes, I do. I do feel like there was a moment of peace with my parents where it was like, I accept all the good things you gave me, but I'm giving this one back to you. I'm not, I'm not taking this one with me anymore. Um, But I take all the good things that you did give me and I recognize all that you did try and give to me, but this one I'm going to give back to you and you can take it up to heaven with you because I don't want it anymore. Beautiful. And then there's a clarity process right after that. So you use that closure to get to clarity. And was that helpful for you to get that? Um, yes, I think, yes, I would say it was, but for sure, I think the closure ones just brought up so many emotions and so many feelings that I, that I spent, I feel like days going through all of the things that came up. And it's so funny because I thought I was over all of these things, right? I was like, oh, I'm totally fine. I don't need this. And then when I had to do that, all kinds of things came up that I had to work my way through. So then when I got to the clarity, it was more like a moment of like your eyes finally opening and you seeing, okay, now I can see the path that I need to walk on. Um, I have been in the fog for so long. And I okay. think I even said, I feel like I was a, like I was a nemesis, not a nemesis. I, what, what was the word I used? 
Like I was a menace. Um, I think you said a menace. I was a menace <laughs> in the dating world. Yes. Because I was so messed up myself that there, and I was just looking for these other people to try to fill the voids within myself that I was a menace to myself and to the people that I was trying to interact with as well. And so that was really the moment of, I would say, you know, the clarity that came was, okay, now you you know and understand yourself enough that you're not going to be a menace. You are not gonna keep talking yeah. to people when they take you to a place that you're uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna stay engaged because you're worried about hurting somebody's feeling that doesn't mean anything to you. You're not gonna stay in those things. So for me, it was able to give myself a set of rules kind of, that mm -hmm. it's like, these are my mm -hmm. rules. And when you break one of these, then I'm done. Like there is, there's nothing else that we need to talk about. It's time for us just to part ways. And I don't have to have any emotions about parting ways with you because I don't love you. You're, you're nothing to me. And, and you know that if there's someone for them, there probably is someone for them and they can go find that person. They're just being, they can go find someone for whom that stuff works and you mm -hmm. are free then to welcome into your life the things that work for you. That's right. And so you're talking about before, before the before picture you mentioned, you said it was a shit show. You would do a lot of people pleasing. How about now? How, how are you approaching dating and romance now? What has changed? Um, I actually met somebody and we are taking it incredibly slow. Yay. Like we have met one time enough to know that like, there would be like something between us, but he lives far away, like an hour and a half away. So there is not a whole lot of, you know, getting to see each other or anything. And the, the big thing that I have is I have like a cutoff at night to where it's like, I have to go to bed and you need to go to bed. We're not staying on the phone all night because of whatever our emotional needs are that we want to be, we want, no, we have to cut it off, which is something I've never been good at is I would stay on the phone all night if the other person wanted to stay on the phone. And now it's like, well, I can't talk to you until my kids go to bed because I need to give my kids time. And so then sometimes if it's 930, then I can only talk to you for half an hour and then it's bedtime and we have to go to bed and then we can try to connect uh, another time. So for me, it's more putting in boundaries that allow me to stay healthy and to stay in my self energy instead of being a zombie all the time because I stayed up all night trying to talk to somebody to make them feel good. It's like, no, nah, I can't do that anymore. And so um, that is like a big breakthrough for me is being able to say, okay, well, it's 10 o'clock. I have to go to bed now. So I'll talk to you later. I love it. So like what I'm hearing is you are really, you know what works for you. You know what's healthy for you and you're comfortable operating within those guidelines. I love that. And you couldn't do that before. That's amazing. And that's like in a, just a short 12 week program. So right. I'm, I'm and the big thing, another big thing I have to say there, that time that you said uh, you would rather have like an uncomfortable five minute conversation and get it out of the way than be uncomfortable for months with yourself. And I have really, really taken that to heart. And so I'm very open. Like when I first met this person, I was like, look, these are like my rules. Like you need to tell me if yourself, if you're employed, because I'm not talking to somebody that's not employed. And you need to tell me if you live in a house by yourself or if you have roommates, because I'm not talking to somebody that is renting a room. And you need to tell me if you have your own car, because I, I can't be with people that can't take care of themselves because I'm too much of a people pleaser. And I will try to fix all of your problems. And I can't yes. do that. Yeah. And so it's totally, that. it's great because what I'm hearing you say is, you know, it's not that you're having judgment. It's like, you know, your tendency would be to drive in their lane and try to clean their lane. And you 
to take care of yourself need someone whose lane is already pretty tidied up and you that's stay right. in yours, you, they you, stay in theirs. That's right. Perfect. That's right. So what, what was it like to work with me? How did you, I how thought, that? I thought you were wonderful and I can feel how much love and compassion that you have for us and how you have such a deep desire to actually help people learn and change themselves. Um, and you do it so gently and so kindly. And I would always look forward to getting your feedback back because it was, it was, it would take me to places that I knew I couldn't have gotten to by myself. Like my perspective was too, you know, set on myself and what I believed the situation was mm. that I couldn't ever get myself out of what my, out of my tunnel vision, you know? And so having you there is you, you would be able to get me out of there and take me somewhere else that I didn't think I could have gotten to without your feedback from you. And so you being a part of the process was like integral. There's no way I would have been able to get here and feel this without having you as been like my teacher and my mentor. Um, I'm trying really hard not to cry right now. That is oh, so touching. You know, I um, love you and think you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, you know, I love you. And it's just, I, I know just, you do. I love my clients. I do. I, I love, and I love our group. I just feel so much love and compassion for every single one of you. Um, I can relate to some part of everybody's story and I know how happy and how fulfilled your life is going to be when you find a partner to share it with. Cause no matter what you achieve on your own without someone to share it with, it's just a little bit less shiny than it could be, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I'm curious. So how a lot of people, um, they kind of balk about their, they're not loving, they don't love a group idea. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. I know there were parts of you that like, oh, I wish everyone was on the same page, but how did you experience the group? Did you get anything out of it? I loved, I love group stuff. I love it because I know that I'm a, a, an intense people, please, people person, not even a people pleaser, but a people person. And I feel like there's something that I can learn from everybody. There's nothing. So for me, being in a group was not awful or, or terrible or any of those things because I wanted to honor and respect everybody at where they're at in their process mm -hmm. of it. And being able to, you know, be a little bit further along, sometimes I would have a different perspective that I could share with them. And then I liked them taking me back to the very beginning and reminding me of those things that I did in the beginning that then I could always go back and relook at when I needed to. So the, the group thing, um, was it wasn't awful I really liked being able to hear other people's stories and to figure out how we can all get to a better place that's awesome and so it's like I I felt personally when I hired a dating coach I got a lot out of the group I felt like it was a lot of support and I would even learn from my coach coaching someone else I would listen to what their question was and get something that I hadn't gotten before and that surprised me I'm curious did you have any like things that surprised you a great thing that you're like, Oh, I didn't know this great thing was going to come up in the program. And this is, you know, this was an aha awesomeness. Probably what I just said about you saying, have the five minute conversation and get it over with, because that is not something I would have done. I have ah. traditionally swallowed my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions, especially if I thought it would not sit well with somebody else then I would just swallow it all and keep it to myself and make myself uncomfortable than make somebody else uncomfortable. I would much rather be the one that's in misery than think I'm causing misery to somebody else. And one of the things you talk about is how um, 
being clear and concise is being kind. And when you can be clear and concise in what you need, then when you communicate that, that is you being as kind as you can by saying you don't meet me. Like you, you can't be what I need. And that's why we need to part ways because I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want you yeah. to waste mine. And, and that is in my mind, it was accepting that that was a kindness that I was mm -hmm. doing. Then it, it was like life changing to me because now it's like, I want to be clear and concise with everybody. And when you say something that tingles me the wrong, I want to say, you know, you did this. And I don't know if you meant to do this, but this is what I'm feeling. So can you have five minutes and we can talk about it so that I can move on? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's true. Clarity is kindness. Absolutely. And if you're not a match with somebody and you know you're not a match, it's super kind to let them know you're not a match and they can go on and find someone who is. Because I really believe there's someone out there for everyone. And I believe that you will, you know, if if this guy that you're dating turns out to be the you know, the lifelong love. Awesome. But if he's not, and he's someone really wonderful, of course, you're going to want him to find someone really wonderful. And you'll want someone that's a good match for you in ways that mm -hmm. he wasn't. So that's awesome. That's really fantastic that you kind of are learning that having those hard conversations is a kindness. It's not a mean thing to bring up difficult topics. You just have to do it in a, in a very clear and compassionate way. Perfect. I love that. Yeah, you got to use all of your, um, gosh, what was that communicate? The nonviolent communication. Yeah. You got to bring all of that up into it and and talk about. It. So I actually bought the guy I'm dating the nonviolent communication book, and he and I are reading it together again so that we can talk about that. And um, he also we talked about the eight dates book that you gave me, oh. and so in the future we would potentially be doing that as well. So he's nice. very open to all of the things that I've done to try to become a better person and to not be a menace in the world. So I'm really curious about this. This is awesome because I'm having a feeling like, oh, did you meet a guy like this before you did the mindful dating? No. So you attract a better quality person now and you know how to spot them and how to pick them out of a crowd and they feel like they're a match to you. And I think that's really important. And I want to completely 100% emphasize this because people will say there's no one out there. There's no one out there. But actually, when you make some shifts in how you approach dating, you end up meeting different types of completely different people than you met before. So that's so I, cool. I think my energy, what I was, you know, of giving out before, like I said, I was a menace because I was so broken inside and so desperate to be loved and to feel loved because I didn't feel that in my marriage, that I was finding the people that could see how pitiful I was and that they wanted to um, take advantage of me. They were the, I was their puppet, right? And they, they clearly knew how to manipulate me well before I had my eyes open to who or what they were. And luckily mm -hmm. I had people in my life that could see it and would be the little, you know, that would gently tell me this isn't right, this isn't right. And then when it became very, very not right, they would not shut up about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so honestly, I feel like there's an energy shift in me that happened doing that. And so then I, I am, I'm giving out something totally different than what I was giving out before. Mm -hmm. So that when I, I see people like that, I will know in a text message now with, if somebody, <laughs> if a text message hits me wrong, I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, no, we're good. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice talking to you, but this is clearly not going to work. So I wish you luck. 
you know? Yeah, and, and totally. And then having the uncomfortable conversations or setting the boundaries actually is a great way. I, I say this in group all the time. It's a great way to get the hay to take itself out. And, you know, if you're That's looking right. for that needle in a haystack, set those boundaries and the hay takes itself out. Yeah, like um, I'm willing to talk to anybody. But the minute you do something that then I'm like, oh, no, you're, you're hay. You're hay. It's time to go. Yeah. Like, it was awesome. great. I would have liked for you to be something more, but you're not. You're hay. So it's time to move on. That's beautiful. And so I know you had some concerns that you might bail on yourself. You might skip out of the program. You might not be able to do the hard stuff. What in the, what in the program helped you move forward anyway? What got you past those fears and doubts? You. I knew you were waiting on me. Like you were going to be <laughs> sending me a note and being like, hey, I haven't seen your homework. And I'm a people pleaser. So it was like, well, I can't, put her, I can't let her down. I got to do this. You know? So for me, that kind of accountability is very helpful. Because like I said, I care very much about what other people feel and think. And so not letting you down. It's why I have to have a personal trainer at the gym. Like I can't go to the gym by myself because I need somebody there who's going to watch me and be like, you just did that shitty. You're, you're cheating. Do it again. Like you're not working hard. I need that because I, at my heart, I want things to be easy. I do not want things to be hard. And so I make them easy for myself. And so in order to get around that, I need people that I'm paying money to that are going to hold me accountable to what I say I'm going to do so that I do it. That's awesome. And then what I'm hearing is, yes, I was waiting on for you on you to do your homework. And then when you did your homework, if there were things you weren't seeing, I was right there picking it up and calling things to your attention. That's awesome. That's really great. So there might be people who watch this who are in the Mindful Dating Women's Group. I'm curious, or it might be people, I'm, I uh, have a podcast starting next week. What would you say to someone who's thinking about working with me or thinking, oh, I wonder, should I join the Mindful Dating Intensive? What would you tell them? I believe my quote was that your program was worth every penny spent and every tear I shed. And I would do it again in a heartbeat if I feel like I if I'm going to slide back into some of my old ways, like I would come right back to you and say, I need a tune up. We need to tune up some of these things. Like I'm forgetting what you've taught me. And so um, I would say you just need to do it. Like you need the, the hardest step is just choosing to do it. And then once you've made the choice, you just got to show up every week. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, I, uh, I, for whatever, I can't catch comments on StreamYard lately. I'm not sure what's going on with that. So I don't, if anyone's asking questions out there, I won't see them until later. Um, are there, I loved having you in group and mm -hmm. you're like, you seriously make me want to cry. Have like a little bit of, you know, a little tear there. Um, it's really, it's wonderful. Like it just makes a huge difference for me to be able to share all of these things that I've learned with you and have mm -hmm. you allow it to make a difference in your life. So thank you for, for just being part of that. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to say in closing? Just that I would want people to learn to love yourselves, but don't make that be like, like 
the land, the line in the sand that you're saying you can't, you have to do that first before you can do any of these other programs. That's ridiculous. Like the program will lead you to that place and that you just need to start. And I mean, it can start with just reading some of the books that you recommend. You know, I think I had read a couple of the books before while I was waiting for the intensive to start. I started reading the books because I feel like changes can come anywhere. But what's nice about you is having you there is that you take all of this great information from all of these different places that you know about and you like streamline it down and you give us like the downloadable version that then we can just start applying in our lives without having to go and read all of the books and do all of the things that you've already done. You've already done that for us. And so that's why it's like, just start the program. You just need to start the program and then you can start walking the new path that will lead you to somewhere differently. Oh my gosh. Mic drop. I think we're done. <laughs> it was beautiful, Danae. It was beautiful. All right. Um, Danae, you hang out here. I'm going to go ahead and close down our broadcast, though. Thank you okay. so much for coming on today. All right. You got it. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BahiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bahira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.